auf den fucking Audacity and we're going. Wie geht's? Wie geht's? Uh, Ready? Going. Right. Going. Going. Are we going? We're, we're going. We're, we're going. going. The Peloton Bike Plus is $2495. Oh my god, $2500. Wait, a- when you said $2495, I was like, that's pretty reasonable yeah, like, for an exercise bike. And you're like, no, $2400. And 95. Okay, so the, what is the thing with a Peloton ride? It's just an exercise bike, but like it has. But also apps and there's an resistance training. There's a little man in one. it who tells you what to do. Yeah, there's a magical glass box. Okay, it's it's got a it's got a pixie in there who's gonna dom you into being thin. Fine, yes. but like yeah. <laughs> you can go to a gym and a gym membership is like, okay, they're not cheap, but like, it, wait a second, is this app a subscription thing or oh, do you just pay the? Okay, Alice. okay. okay. I'm sorry. Come I'm sorry. I, for a second, I was you just like, do you just do you just pay the twenty four ninety five and just be done with it? No, no. of course you don't. Okay. What, what I did today is on my bike ride, I recorded it. Using Strava, which is an app oh, I have. Now, that thing seemed, that like half the US military doxed themselves yeah, with. I was about <laughs> to say, in Somalia it, for no it reason. Seems like a really good way to give strangers uh, knowledge of where you live and what your daily routine <laughs> is. I, <laughs> it's uniquely bad for the troops, too, because every single one of them was like in a place where they weren't supposed to be, in a country they weren't supposed to be, and their daily PT was I'm going to jog the perimeter and I'm going to like outline in a nice little heat. Map the precise perimeter line of wherever it is that I am. <laughs> Strava people tell on themselves with Strava constantly. There was some DC cop who was off duty and he was biking. I think he was a cop. He might have been an ex cop. And he mm. he like harassed some kids putting up Black Lives Matter signs. And and you know they couldn't figure out who he was until someone checked Strava and is like, oh yeah, this guy was there at that time, uh, and he stopped his ride there for a moment. And it's like, okay, um, well, maybe you shouldn't be broadcasting your whereabouts everywhere. But of course, you know, here I'm just going to try and avoid doing illegal things while I'm riding my bike, is the thing. (laughs) Um, Or distasteful ones. Mm. Um, Illegal, immoral, distasteful, adding to the population, subtracting to the population. You rang. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But anyway, uh, welcome to Well, There's Your Problem. It's a podcast about engineering disasters. It has slides. Um, if you're on uh, a podcasting app, you can't see the slides. You're going to have to go to YouTube to see them. Okay. Uh, I'm Justin Rosniak. I'm the person who's talking right now. My pronouns are he and him. Uh, I am Alice Caldwell-Kelly. I'm the person who is talking now. My pronouns, she and her. Yay, Liam. Yay, Liam. Hi. Yay, Liam. Thanks, Alice. Appreciate you. Thanks, Ross. Uh, I am Liam Anderson. Uh, I am the guy who is an asshole to you, both in our YouTube and Twitter <laughs> comment section. And to the one person who talked about their uh, misophonia and that I was sort of My a dick. My food just I, got I was here dick. just I, in time. I was a dickhead. And I do want to say I'm sorry to you, but you're the only person I'm sorry to. Everyone else can blow me. I've been <laughs> drinking. Uh, I got a 7-Eleven Slurpee because it's nice out, right? And then I mm-hmm. crammed it full of, I I can't believe I'm, I'm drinking this, but uh, normal, like the Costco vodka and oh, yeah. uh, blue. Well, we, well, we would have well, Glenn's well, vodka. And blue raspberry uh, moonshine. Ooh. 
Ooh, it's, I know that moonshine brand. It's the it's the one that comes in the mason jars. Yes, right? it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> I like the I like the apple pie jars. one. No, no, no. It's uh, like I forget the name of it, but like uh, it's a distinct thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they 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 try. You say that, Ross, but I've seen some in like uh, the old timey like uh, paint fitter removers. Yeah. yeah. Oh right. Yeah. Those those ones are funny. Still yeah. house, I think it's called. Uh, so yeah, that's what I'm drinking. I've got Alice. I thought of you. I have a Mountain Dew kickstart energizing Ooh, orange citrus gamer. yeah so after this uh i'm going to go on call of duty and say the k word uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get the miami heat in trouble and no, you're gonna boy. have to be like uh i didn't know what that word meant yes, i also do. don't know where yes, i learned it yes yeah. you do yeah, you don't. Yeah. You don't like. There's don't a, there's a continuum of slurs. Yeah, like there's none that are good or even acceptable, but there are some that you don't know that you haven't heard of unless you're fully into the thing, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. You say you say that slur because you're a fucking anti-Semite, and you learned it presumably from your anti-Semite friends. Mm-hmm. Or from the Wikipedia list of racial slurs. Yeah, like you use that you use that word innocently if you are a ninety-seven-year-old man. Maybe. Maybe. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You get your ass beat, Grandpa. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so what do you see on the screen in front of you? Is a train. But the yeah, train, it's an ECA. The train is all bunched up and broken. And windows are fine though. It's not. Uh, yeah, we're, we'll I mean, get the to that. Loco is. Looks relatively where it should be, but it's a little off. It's not supposed to be like that. <laughs> it's because um, they got all those guys on the track. They yes. had to move it yeah, around them. It. Yeah. Today we're gonna we're gonna learn about the S Shade train disaster. I literally changed my my Zencaster name to a pronunciation guide for you. Really? Yeah, S Shader, a Shader, a Shader. Mm-hmm. Oh, S Shader. I see. Okay. Um, see what I do. Yes, the, I mean the issue is I always have the Zencaster behind the PowerPoint, so uh, you know I wouldn't be able to see it easily. You have two monitors. I do have, yeah, but I have to have put the notes on the other monitor. Oh, one okay. of us has two monitors. One of us ha- is drinking fucking Mountain Dew and moonshine, and one of us is like doing misophonia directly into the microphone because it's the only chance I have to eat today. I actually am also eating. I've been eating myself a- intermittently. We are a gamer-ass podcast tonight. I'm so sorry. It is literally, I'm recording podcasts back-to-back and I'm starving. <laughs> anyway, today we're going to learn about the S-Shader uh, uh, derailment in 1998. But first, we have to talk about the goddamn news. Yeah, I got the right drop this time. All right. Got to go. All right, so I wanted, I wanted uh, the the Chapo to Fash pipeline is apparently real, according to the Daily Beast. Yep, hundred percent. Yes, uh, ev- everybody who has ever done a podcast is on the alt right, including uh, us. I, I I I was sort of thinking this over, and I was like, I've been on some of those podcasts, and, and mentioned in that article, I guess I'm fascist. Yeah. That's right. Frankly, and so I was insulted not to be included. Well, I mean, you you are on the show with a noted anti-Semite. I mean, like yes. we just have to run back the bit about the Jewish space laser. Wait, which one of us Liam is cancelled? Oh, oh, you, oh, you are, baby. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Liam, you talk about the Jewish cabal all the time, which is highly <laughs> anti-Semitic, which is an anti-Semitic <laughs> conspiracy theory. It's I'm sorry, man. We gotta cancel you. It's not anti-Semitic <laughs> if I'm doing it. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, we got to have a blanket policy on this. No, no, no. <laughs> I will. I will make fun of the Jewish elites until I'm blue in the face. Listen, I'm alive, and uh, Sheldon Adelson isn't. So, who on that one? <laughs> I don't know. He took his time. If the if if the if the standard here seems to be the standard here seems to be guilt by association. So I I propose some kind of standardized method of cancellation based on mm. the Nick Mullen number. <laughs> how how far removed are you from Nick Mullen? Um, well, I've done a podcast with a guy from Sharper who has done a podcast with Nick Mullen, so that makes my Nick Mullen number one. No, you're no because Nick Mullen is zero. Yeah, um, that's terrible. People right? who have been on a podcast with Nick Mullen are one. I people see. Who have been on it, so you'd be two. I think I'm two as well. Liam is three. Three. I don't know anyone who ha- is above three. <laughs> <laughs> um, Zorik, maybe. He's not been on any podcast, so he doesn't uh, have a shit, Nick Mullen. Right, yeah. well, he's also a child. <laughs> he's he's also not a child. child. He's not a child. Oh, <laughs> no. Zorik, we love you. Go Skyler. Hey, we love Knights, you too, buddy. but you're like twelve. Mm-hmm. No offense. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. true. Yes. Um, Wait, can you guys hear me? Did I mute myself? No, no I can hear. Oh, thank God. Okay. Yeah. You hear me crunching this Malaysian pancake? What would you get? A Malaysian pancake. Yo, I like just a- my girlfriend. God, God bless you, Corinne. Just brought me a little a little personal pan pizza, some cheesy bread, and her leftover pizza. Oh, uh, so I'm on carbo rage. Mm. True love. Took a detour when I was walking to the grocery store uh, right after this article dropped um, to go see if I could catch uh, Gwen Snyder short circuiting that uh, the Daily Beast stole her bit. <laughs> yeah, you went to the grocery store that Gwen Snyder goes to, and it was like they live because everybody <laughs> just starts pointing at you. <laughs> um. All right. So anyway, um, the Chapo to Fash pipeline, of course, is real. It's being constructed in a neighborhood near you. Indigenous yeah. peoples are protesting it. Um, <laughs> Reminds me of one of my favorite posts that I've done of like an entire thread of dumb but heart in the right place leftist guy who thinks that the school to prison pipeline is an actual pipeline. <laughs> I, I will say this, and I don't, you can edit this out if you want. Red Scare is a garbage podcast for garbage oh, 100%. people. 100%. Yeah. Like once, once you're in, interviewing with fucking Quillette and stuff, yeah. you've, you've picked yeah. the side. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, exactly right. Avoid, I, yeah. I, I am perfectly fine. Uh, if any of you listen to us and, and you want to go in the comments and tell us how great Red Scare is, save it. I don't want to fucking hear it. Those people are as Nazi adjacent as you're gonna get without actually telling, without actually tipping over the line. They're mm-hmm. they're not good people, no. uh, and they're they're fucking disgusting. I don't care for Red Scare. I, like I have beef with basically every other podcast oh, uh, for various yeah. reasons. Yes. Like yeah, every uh, other podcast is bad, apart from I, ours. I am apart from ours, deli- yeah. And kill James Bond. And kill James Bond and unnamed Liam Anderson podcast. Yes. And uh, I will say to Sean from the Antifada, I have received <laughs> your peace accords and I am willing to negotiate. <laughs> now, everybody else. <laughs> 11 a.m. Clark Park, Saturday. <laughs> it's like John Wick. The fucking word goes out every podcaster gets open season on Liam from 11 a.m. I could, the, the yeah, come, come and get it. How tall is Matt Chrisman? I could probably kick Matt Chrisman's ass. <laughs> I don't know, he might have a weight advantage on you. That's, That's fine, point. I'm nimble. Mm. <laughs> Alright. 
in other news, uh, apparently Pennsylvania waterways are full of microplastics. Oh, yeah. Just completely full of them. You're eating a and credit card a week. You're eating about one credit card <laughs> worth of microplastics a week. Yeah. Roz told me this yesterday when we were hanging out, and I said, oh, not that bad. And I meant it. I was like, ah, oh, that's like less. <laughs> like, you're like, I eat credit cards all the time. I do. <laughs> they tell, I, I they tell my... you to cut the uh, cut up the old ones to dispose them, but I've just been eating them. Yeah, <laughs> that's my incisor's job. I, I, uh, I eat stickers all the time, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I just like, I do love this idea that like, just uh, like Allegheny County just like uh, like talk about kicking them while they're down yeah like hey all your coal towns closed and by the way you've been eating credit cards hmm and like not even a whole credit card that you can that you can poop out but instead sort of oh. miniature particles Roz, do of- you want to tell alice a joke you were making yesterday when we were talking about going to the strip club and holding your stomach up to the uh to the stripper Roz, do you want to make that what? joke <laughs> no you're remembering this joke wrong Roz, tell the joke. No, I was thinking like like as people joke about you know using the credit swiping the credit card through the stripper's ass all the time. I was thinking, what if you were like a really fat That's what guy I said. and like you, you sort of like swipe the credit card through through like your your fat cleavage, you know? I was <laughs> I was and Roz also thought that it would be you funny were to put under up. the impression that it was like the microplastics would add up and you would just have a yeah, credit card. What if you yeah, had a obviously. butt plug with a credit card scanner? What if on you it? were doing yes. fucking contactless payments with your asshole? Yeah, yes. sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, can you? Uh, I I love the idea of getting sponsored by like Stripe or someone, and you get like a nice <laughs> little branded minimalist butt plug. Yeah. Like a carbon fiber butt oh, plug. That's very tight, like so to high, speak. high speed, that's, that's for, high speed, low drag. Yeah, yeah, that's for uh, weight reduction. Don't pollute. Right. Yeah, so don't. We're pollute. not bringing our best yeah. here, folks. Well, apparently, a lot of this is from like polyester fibers. Really? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Do we know yeah. how bad? Like, not the thing is, right? I don't want to go full chemtrails about this. Do we know how bad microplastics are for people yet, or is that just one of the things where science, like, much like prions, where science is just like, oh no, ask us in twenty years and see if we all start dropping dead of it? Uh, I think it's the second one. Yeah, mm. I assume it's going to be a problem, but it's not one now. So who gives a shit? Roll the dice, scaredy cats. All I can say yeah. is, you're not, so many other things not- that could take us out first. Do not, this is, the problem is polyester, obviously. The Bible said, do not mix fabrics. And the Bible is right. Yeah, the Bible also says you shouldn't be fucking whatever, adding to this book. And then what did you do? What did you filthy papists do, Roz? Tell me what you did. (laughs) Look. Uh, look, No, go come at me, bitch. Jesus came down. Fucked it up so bad that that God had to come and fucking write a whole other book as a correction. Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't listen, listen, the way I feel about Islam, much respect to you, is the Mm -hmm. way I feel about every other religion that's not Judaism, is I don't know who's the guy, but it's not your fucking guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel about Christianity. I'm just like, I don't know. I just know it's not Jesus, man. I know it's not Jesus. (laughs) Anybody but Jesus. All right. That was so having offended all of our podcast friends and now a bunch of literally like religious nominations. Hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, I'm I'm making amends with Antifada Sean. I don't want to <laughs> only Antifada Sean. Yeah, actually only Antifada Sean now. 
Matt Crispin. <laughs> yeah, fucking on notice. <laughs> he lives in Brooklyn. He's be, you know, he's barely worthy of my consideration. <laughs> You're like New York has made him soft. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It makes him oh, you pay twenty two hundred dollars for a loft apartment and nine dollars for a bagel sandwich, Crispin. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. All right. Having, you, having, a shot. I love firm, you. Firm, firmly established, we will never get the Chapo bump. Um, <laughs> that is the goddamn news. I could kick Felix's ass. No, Felix is like buff. Uh, I don't know about that. I could kick Virgil Texas's ass. I could kick Virgil's ass. That's, no, that's nothing to brag about. I could kick Virgil Texas's ass. Virgil's barely on the show at this point. Five seven. Anyway, like Virgil Texas is a fucking ectomorph. Like, Ross, no. how tall are you? I'm like six foot. Are you though? Are I, you six foot, Roz? It may also be five foot eleven. It's been a long time since I measured myself. Do you want me to measure you? Uh, I. Here's the I'd thing. Like to see you Felix, do that Felix over would a kick my ass, right? But yeah. like, he'd also be the least likely to fight me because he's the most chill one on that podcast. <laughs> Like he's just—he's too relaxed to want to fight me. I think that's it. I absolutely do want to fight the Red Scare girls. Mm. Oh boy! Like really, you'd be like fucking Van Helsing, but for cocaine Dracula. I just—oh my god! I don't respect and I don't uphold Red Scare thought. All right. So we also have to talk about things other than which podcasters we would like to fight. Um, well, it's, it's most of them. <laughs> Try me, Roz. <laughs> so we have to, we have to, uh, before we start, we need to ask, ask the question, what is high speed rail? Rail go vroom vroom. Obviously. Yes, it's, Next. It's, it's, it's rail with a high speed. Yeah, train go fast. Yes. Right, what is the international definition? 155? Or am I getting that confused with the German gentleman's agreement? Uh, 155 is one of them. I don't think there's a huge standard like the the, the international standard now is like you know the, the good stuff goes 186 miles an hour or better. 300 kilometers an hour. Yeah, for those exactly. 155 is still still considered that. Um, is there is there a lower boundary for? Is it isn't it 125 is like the lower boundary or am I making that up? Yeah, 125 is like higher speed rail i guess okay call yeah it. that's that's like what we would consider a fast train in britain so yeah, and, that's and probably the, like in, in the united states uh anything is called high speed rail yeah it's they true could put up, they could put a light rail line that stops every block and someone's gonna advertise it as high speed rail right? Roz, what does the keystone do 110 110 yeah okay thank you so you have some slow ass trains the keystone is fat it's like sneaky fast uh, because it doesn't stop all that often and it goes through Lancaster, it goes through farm country yeah. and there's not that many stops once you're past the, the suburbs of like the sort of inner suburbs of Philly and it just hauls ass all the way to Lancaster and then it gets very slow. Oh yeah. And then there's, it, it also like some of the schedules are very good from like New York city to Philadelphia on the Keystone. Oh, yeah. So sometimes you're going faster than an Acela just by virtue of not stopping so often. All right. So, you know, what, what the, sort of the characteristics of high speed rail is it's fast trains that are on very direct routes and counterintuitively, they are usually pretty cheap to operate. Right. Hmm. Um, this is because, you know, uh, your main cost of operating the train is labor. Right. So the faster you run the train, the cheaper it is to operate over a given distance. Right. Because if I'm running a if I'm running a train, you know, 
that takes three hours to go from point A to point B, you know, I'm using three hours of labor for one trip. If it takes one hour, I can, you know, use that same labor to do three trips as opposed to just one, right? Mm. So you had some early experiments with high-speed rail. Here's uh, 1903. They had this monstrosity here in Prussia. Right, this kind of like it. Oh yeah, it's, it's you see this three phase pantograph system up here. Yeah, it's pretty tight. Uh, it's pretty wild. Oh, it's this, beautiful lettering on the side too. They, they hit yeah. hundred. So you, you, they, they hit hundred and thirty miles an hour in this. God damn! Yeah. Sorry, what, what year? Was, what what year? year was this? Nineteen oh three. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> uh, Okay, hang on. So that 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 that, that three phase thing, right? Like the reason you don't have those now is because you just do that in a in a transformer, like off it, of the rails, right? Yeah, it's um. This is a much more complicated system than you need, um, especially okay. since you have like DC motors and stuff like that, um, or 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 AC motors with a transformer or a- any number of other things, right? Uh, three phase, I, it was never really extensively used, except in parts of Italy. You know what's um, crazy? Wow. In 1903, uh, that was actually also the first year uh, that cars overtook trains for the land speed record. Huh. Damn. And it was all downhill from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just thought that was interesting. So, you know, that high speed, this was never really fully developed past that. I mean, sort of when we start thinking about high speed trains. Uh, we started doing wind tunnel testing around 1931. This is the Brill Bullet, which ran on the Philadelphia and Western Railroad, now the Norristown High Speed Line. These cars regularly. Why hit- does it have a toupee? Oh, you know what that is? That 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 is a a, a roof covered in what's called car cement, right? Which what? is basically just sort of an asphalt roof coating, which was specially designed for trains. That's why a lot of old heavyweight cars are also that sort of, they have that sort of roof, which is sort of a dull gray. Huh. I like that it has a hairline. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's got a pompadour, which I appreciate. These guys hit 90 miles an hour pretty regularly on um, the line from Philadelphia to Norristown, um, which was pretty funny because that's a very short line. But I think the, the schedules were something like 17 minutes, maybe less than that. Um, Takes more time than that now. Yes. Um, this is the first uh, car to be really extensively tested in a wind tunnel for aerodynamics. Um, they, Which is funny because it doesn't have any. Yeah, well, you know, you got to start somewhere. They used these cars until 1990. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Um, 1935, sort of uh, an experiment in really, really a sustained high-speed service. Yeah, this is the Milwaukee Roads A-Class, right? This is a steam locomotive that was designed for sustained speeds above 110 miles an hour to meet this sort of very fast six and a half hour schedule between Chicago and St. Paul. Uh, They were rumored to be able to go faster than, you know, the Mallard, which of course famously hit 126, but this was never validated. (laughs) But they had to, in order to meet their schedule, they had to, you know, go 110 for, you know, 50, 60 miles continuously. Right. Mm. Your Le Mans rather than your Formula One. Sure. Yes. But the first like real dedicated high speed train, you know, the real thing was the Shinkansen Zero series, nineteen sixty four. Rhymes with Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Um We and, read your uh, comments, you assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The the Wisconsin Zero series. 
made a made a butter um, and cheese. <laughs> cheese. Yeah. Go pack go. Yeah, it makes a sort of squeaking noise like a cheese curd, right? Um, <laughs> you know, this is dedicated uh, right of way was built for it. You know, it it would do 130 pretty sustainably. You know, all the way from Tokyo to Osaka, right? And after mm. this, you know, people start to panic to keep keep up with the Japanese oh. who were going to take over when, the world. You right? had a big advantage, right? And that, like, it's very easy to build a, a permanent way uh, that's distinct for a high speed train line. When first of all, you have a bunch of reconstruction money, and yes. second of all, uh, all of your previous existing rail network has been like bombed off the face of your country by the U.S. Air Force. Yes. And a lot, of, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people, when the Shinkansen was being developed, people thought um, this is uh, this is a dumb idea. Why don't we just improve the existing train lines? Well, it turned out to be a pretty good idea in the end. Mm. Um, it was it was actually a pre-war design, wasn't it? Like Japan was like, once we win the war and establish the Greater East Asia co-prosperity sphere, we can do this. Did it, not win the war, shelved it for a while. Yeah, but you know they still got it built. So who won that one? Um, <laughs> so thank you, Roz. Yeah, after after you know these high speed trains prove successful in Japan, a lot of countries start to panic to keep up, right? So, for instance, Lyndon Baines Lyndon Baines Johnson made the Pennsylvania Railroad build the Metro Liners in 1969, sort of theoretical top speed of 150 miles an hour. But they couldn't actually go that fast because they would blow the windows out of commuter trains on the next track, right? Um, <laughs> But the the best metro liner schedules were still faster than modern uh, Acela Express schedules, um, you know. And then of course, so what you're saying is reject modernity, embrace tradition. Well, I mean, one of the problems with the metro liners is that those schedules were only maintained when the trains weren't broken down. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they were not especially reliable. You know, being an extremely unreliable, extremely loud, aerodynamically brick, are we, are we sure that this wasn't like a, a Soviet design that got displaced in space and time to the wrong side of the Cold War? Uh, no, it, it, it can't be because this is stainless steel. The Soviets no. didn't know how to use that. that yeah, all, the freedom uh, material. Yeah, exactly. You can the tell freedom it's shining. Yes. You know, you, you, and a bitch you, to render. You need that. Uh, you need that expertise from the Bud Company to make this work. You know, as far as I know, there was no Budski over in Russia. <laughs> doing... <laughs> the Bud Company, <laughs> Russian cheesesteaks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got the you got the nice Soviet uh, soft pretzels, but for some mm. reason the salt sprinkles are made of aluminum. <laughs> You know, and for for a lot of reasons we discussed extensively in the APT episode, you know, the Brits go with the diesel train, the inner city one two five, right, which mm -hmm. can go 125 miles an hour. SNCF comes out with the TGV in 1981. Uh -huh. TGV zero zero. Well, yes, it hit on a very fetching orange. Oh, yes. I do it's like very, the orange. The orange quite is a bit. very good. Um, looks sunbursty. This hit mm. on 170 miles an hour on the Paris to Lyon high speed line in Lyon. that same year. Jesus Lyon. Christ, Lyon! It looks like a fucking. It looks like a GTO, which I appreciate with those headlamps. Germany oh, like a Pontiac GTO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, think yeah, about, I can think see about that. the grill. I can see that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But Germany took a long time to get their high speed trains out. This oh, is 
the Intercity Express, <laughs> right? The ICE. ECA. Yes. ECA. ECA. Yes. We got to abolish these. Oh, yeah. Well, this comes out, these, these enter service in 1991, and they were good for 155 miles an hour, which was, even then, not especially good, but not bad. Faster than the Brits, which yes. is and, that really what you want to be us. satisfied with? Um, also, the reason why <laughs> it's an ECA, yeah, the reason why it's an ECA is because it's Intercity Express, because Germans thought that like naming it in English made it sound more dynamic and business. Yes, that's that's what, what a, you did in 1991 a, in Germany is business because mm -hmm. communism was illegal now. <laughs> Running from the Stasi of my three-piece suit, yes, sir. <laughs> so now here, here is uh, the ICE one. This is a big dumb power brick at both ends, right? Um, Wait a with second. Just regular coaches in between, right? Here's here's uh, ICA pulling into the German city of Bridgeport, Connecticut, operated by <laughs> German <laughs> railroad company Amtrak. Um, I love to I love to watch. Um, the fucking oh fuck! What's the name of the alternate history? The man in the high castle. Yes. There you go. <laughs> this is what it got there eventually. This is what it would look like if we hadn't saved your asses in World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> For which you are welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, no, there was they did a American tour in 1993 because Amtrak was looking to buy new high speed trains for the Northeast Corridor. And so they sort of ran them up and down the Northeast Corridor, and then after they had done that, what they wound up doing was they sort of uh, uh, pulled them around the country with a pair of diesel locomotives to show them off in every small town and say, look huh. at the nice things that the people in the Northeast are going to get, and you won't. <laughs> Good. Good. How much I Just, pay to live here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, I was watching, speaking of the British... I was I was oh. watching a uh, I, I I did end up watching the uh, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry interview. Oh boy! Yeah, I, you know. Um, and at some point, I just thought maybe we shouldn't have saved him during World War II. Maybe we, what we should have done is take the IRA approach and save everybody, but execute <laughs> the royal family. Well, the problem is that, like, if the fucking Nazis had won the war, the royal family would be better off than ever because. Oh, yeah. um, that, yeah, well, they, no, they, they just they just put uh, Edward VIII back on the throne. Mm -hmm. He would have yeah. loved that shit. hundred oh, percent. So we'll be speaking German if it weren't for us. <laughs> <laughs> they were already speaking German, man. Oh. When it comes to high speed rail, there's two basic ways to run the systems. Right, you have fully dedicated high speed systems on 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 its own right of way. With all new track, all new stations, so on and so forth. That's how it runs. Yeah, in, like the Wisconsin. Yeah, exactly. It runs in, like that in Japan, China, Saudi Arabia, a couple other new build systems like that. What do these countries have in common in terms of being able to mobilize large scale engineering projects <laughs> like that? Hmm. Hmm. And almost everywhere else, they run in mixed systems, right? The high speed train may share tracks at station throats or run on some conventional main lines at enhanced speeds or standard speeds, right? Um, and the, uh, the ECA 
very definitely fits into the latter category, right? Mm. Germany's first. La- the, the limiting factor here is like traffic and signaling, right? Because that was the big problem with the, the Intercity 125 in Britain, was like, once you get above that speed, you have to have in-cab signaling, which we couldn't do, because we didn't have the technology for it, because you can't read signs going that fast. Oh, the Germans figured that part out. The main mm. problem at that point is you're 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 operating in mixed traffic, some of which is much uh, running much more slowly than the high speed train. Run into trains. the back yeah. of a, a a train full of lignites or whatever. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to smash into the back of the S bahn, right? Mm. So Germany's door, first no, door closed noise is still going as you've killed thirty people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Germany's first high speed rail corridor ran from Würzburg to Hanover. Neither of which are, yeah, yeah. not not particularly big cities, but you know that that is an important uh, on the road from Munich to Hamburg. That's a significant amount of the distance, right? So Hmm. you know, at each end, the trains just ran on normal train lines to their destinations. Um, and so that that high speed line was initially good for speeds up to 155 miles an hour. Right, so again, not the fastest high speed line out there, but you know it does the job, right? Still, still pretty cool to have the step change. Like you're going from from Munich to Hamburg, and you like go from normal running to them like opening the taps, and you oh, just get pushed cool. back yeah, in yeah. your seat. Yeah. Yes. Well, I've been on one of these through Switzerland, though, so it was not going fast. <laughs> No, it's on goat pants. Yeah, don't they still run these these ICE ones in Switzerland, like yeah, down to Basel? Yeah, that so. interlocking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be right back. I have to pay. Um, I might refill my beer then. <laughs> Alice, take the wheel. Oh shit! Oh shit! Um, hi everybody. How's it going? It's it's me, Alice. Uh, I'm I'm just left. Doing this because um, Justin won't edit the podcast that he produces. So I just I just wanted to say um, thank you to everyone who's uh, subscribed or who's listening or who is mean to us in the comments because you know this is it's still objectively insane to me that I get to make money from the internet and from what is essentially like hosting and hanging out with my friends. Um, so. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why you would pay me to do this, but thank you for paying me to do this. Uh, I'm back. It, it is a good time. How's it going? Uh, I'm doing okay. I just listed uh, my favorite slurs. Oh, very nice. Excellent. Uh, also, the, uh, uh, both of both of yours too. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you got that in there. Hmm. Oh, hello. <laughs> Hi Liam, I was just listing your favorite slurs. Ah, oh, thank you. No, no worries. All right. So anyway, now that we got that out of the way, oh boy. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, if you look at like the the this is sort of a map of the current German high speed rail network. You got stuff in this this line here, which is in yellow, is the original Würzburg to Hanover line. Right. Mm-hmm. There's some lines which have been upgraded. You can see in blue, right? Everything that's in red is good for uh, 300 kilometers an hour or 186 miles an hour, right? And those are the <laughs> newest lines. Um, yeah, for the like TD3 that like tilts and stuff, right? Uh, the TD3 is actually for lower speed lines. Huh. Yeah. 
That's why they tilt. Maybe I should learn about trains <laughs> for something other than Train Simulator. <laughs> so uh, when I opened the system, the only line that was there was the Würzburg to Hanover line and the uh, Mannheim to Stuttgart line, right? Everything else was just conventional lines. Um, now, once they opened the system, they started working out some of the bugs in the train, right? One of the big bugs was in the restaurant car, right? Oh, how was the food? I have no idea. Board restaurant. Board restaurant. Board, board restaurant. Didn't didn't Deutsche Bahn try to briefly have a McDonald's restaurant car? Have we talked about that on here before? I don't yeah. know, but that. Uh, mm, so I ate McDonald's last night, and I thought to myself, you know, it would make this experience much much tastier would be to be flung through uh, a train at 125 miles an hour. That I would enjoy. Mm, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, re I'm reading bad. I'm reading the opinion. menu here. Um, you can get like wines, um, gnocchi, Mediterranean vegetables, cream of mushroom soup, uh, potato, carrot, pumpkin puree. Uh, th th this all sounds disgustingly good for you. This like, I don't know. I like the Amtrak food is the sandwiches are just not very good. They're not very good. Mm. No, and and oh, I you, know can, you can get a curry verst on this. Oh, I'd like a curry verst. Four, four, four euros ninety. That's please. not bad. We we're charging thirteen bucks for some not especially good ham and cheese sandwiches. So I've I've had to have the M track sandwiches, like especially the the Jimmy Dean breakfast sausage sandwich is not very good. No, um, I'm just old enough to remember the British Rail sandwich before it became the somehow worse but remembered more fondly privatized train operating company sandwich. Like a, um, a, a few times I'd taken a Roanoke train home from visiting my aunt and uncle, and um, they, the, the train leaves at like just before six in the morning, so you can't really get any breakfast beforehand, so you gotta get the right. breakfast in the cafe car, and you gotta get that Jimmy Dean breakfast sausage sandwich, and it's like, I'm not looking forward to this, and though, but I have to eat something. The top half always sticks to the sausage patty. Yeah. Whoa, 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 no. whoa, whoa. Three euros fifty for a large filter coffee? Oh my god. That's still okay, cheaper yeah. than we're paying, goddammit. You know, I mm. took a high-speed train in Italy and a man just walked through the car handing out free Prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't, like, employed by the railroad or anything. Yeah, that's, uh, just... that's, 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 just, uh, that's just Mike. Yeah. Pete Buttigieg is going to Italy to learn from this. Thank god. Um, <laughs> Amtrak will soon have a Prosecco, a Prosecco guy. guy. Hey, that yeah. would make a lot of people a lot happier. Mm -hmm. uh, fun fact, Amtrak is Dogfish Head's number one account. Huh. And for the purposes, for legal purposes, when you're in a cafe car, you are in the District of Columbia. Yes. <laughs> for, 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 for the purpose of liquor sales. All Amtrak uh, uh, alcohol sales are in the District of Columbia, wherever you are in the in the country. Yeah, you're a sovereign train. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> flying up a little DC flag. It's got the the taxation without representation the license plate on the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, the, the knowledge the, of the United States never ceases to amaze me. The Inner huh? City Express. Uh, has uh, you know this restaurant car right, and it was here where they found some problems relating to the design of the wheels, right? So they used pretty standard railroad wheels when they started out, right? You know, and this is usually you have one wheel is a cast steel piece, the other wheel is a cast steel piece, and then the axle is one big cast steel piece, right? 
You know, you two mm. wheels, one axle. Very simple, right? You know, solid metal. Yes. And it, these are good for low speed running. When you get to high speed running, strange things start to happen. One of which is something called hunting oscillation, where the wheels start to slide sort of side to side along the rail, right? In mm. high-speed trains, this is corrected with yaw dampers, which are sort of like pistons in between each car, right? But the ice had more problems than that. Um, there were tiny manufacturing defects in these cast steel wheels. They were slightly out of round, or they had some metal wear, maybe the brakes applied in the wrong way, and that caused vibrations in the cars, right? which were most noticeable in the restaurant car, right? It's smooth, it's quiet, and an altogether delightful experience. Yes. So you had issues where the tableware would just vibrate itself off the table. You know, people, people <laughs> oh, wow. sort of complained about this. And, you know, and this being Germany and not Britain, they decided we need to fix this, right? Yeah, unacceptable. Yeah, un this, this is unacceptable! <laughs> And to be clear, if if you missed the um the APT episode, the way that British Rail solved this identical problem was telling the journalists who felt it, hey, you're probably drunk. <laughs> yeah, like, Which uh, they were, to be fair. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you know, when I you know, when I'm on M track, you know, and I'm in the cafe car, you know, sometimes you're usually you just, drunk. Well, yeah, but you just go over like a, a piece of bad track and you know, everything flies off the table anyway and no one cares. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know I don't know why people are so picky, you know, about this. Just hold on just hold on to your table where Germans, yeah, yeah. and in particular West Germans of the 1990s, oh my God. have to drive my Mercedes to the fucking business factories that I run. Uh, I'm going to fucking extract all of the value from East Germany for being communist, and then later they will vote for the AFD, and I will be confused as to why. <laughs> Hans, I must have a car to bring me to the Hauptbahnhof. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, not that one. That one still has the swastika flags. <laughs> <laughs> we are a peaceful people now, Hans. <laughs> peaceful and industrious. Don't give me a human driver, Hans. <laughs> <laughs> of such things was the economic miracle made. Yes. So they found a solution. Should have never Marshall planned them. Oh, no, my toast Hawaii has fallen from the table. <laughs> <laughs> they found a solution in the form of something which had been employed on trams for a long time, right? Trams oh, run is over... is this the butt plug? No. Yes. Anything's a butt plug if you're adventurous enough. Oh, boy. Yeah. So trams run over a very rough track because everyone insists on driving their car on the track and that fucks up the track, right? So mm -hmm. they invented something called the resilient wheel, right? Which allows for a smoother ride. So rather than having one solid cast piece of steel... You have an inner cast piece of steel. Then there is a ring with rubber in it, right? And that is surrounded by a steel tire, right? Um, and steel tires are a very old railway practice that dates back to steam locomotives, right? Because, you know, the big, the big wheels on the steam locomotive, that's difficult to cast. You don't want to have to put a whole new wheel on there every time it wears out. You want to be able to take the outer steel tire off and then fit another tire on there, right? How come we stopped using steel tires then? Ah, uh, because we got the wheels small enough 
that they're uh, easy to cast in one piece. And I guess got better at casting too. Yeah, and we didn't have the, the wheels weren't spoked anymore, so most of the complexity was gone. Mm. So Deutsche Bahn Just putting spinners on my uh, on my train bogey. <laughs> so Deutsche Bahn, the German rail operator, said, "Well, if this works for trams, it'll probably work for high speed trains, right?" <laughs> so then they put it on the ICE, right, without doing much uh, testing at all, right. There weren't really any facilities in Germany which could perform the necessary tests, right? Yeah, so and what are you going to do? Have a foreigner do it? Yeah, exactly, right? This won't be precise in German enough, so we may as well just not do the tests at all. You know, we'll work <laughs> out the bugs in the field, right? Um, <laughs> just like invading Russia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, no, that gun's not supposed to jump, but, you know, just push it along. <laughs> And in the meantime, they raised the speeds on the ICE from 155 to 170 miles an hour, right? But Yep. Places to go, people to see. The restaurant car vibrations went away. Problem solved. All right. Good episode, everyone. Yeah, good episode. Uh, we'll see yeah, you next, yeah. next week. The common for, arrows, so on and so yet, forth. Though, the common arrows, yes. Uh, on the right. safety third. Um, <laughs> no. Oh. Well, well, <laughs> well, this is a Shada, right? Oh, he's got a, a map. Sh- a sh- yes. Uh-oh. On June 3rd, 1998. Oh, no. ICE 884, the Wilhelm Conrad Röntgen, right? Oh, Jesus. Was guy who invented the X, well, discovered X-rays. Yes. Was traveling from Munich to Hamburg with stops in Augsburg, Nuremberg, Wurzburg, Fulda, Kassel, Gottingen, No, 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 no we don't stop at Fulda, we don't stop at Fulda, that's where the Ruskies are. <laughs> M- yeah, much like the Third Guards tank army, we do not stop in Fulda. <laughs> so, it made it all the way up the high-speed line and onto the conventional rail tracks after Hanover. And as it approached the town of Asheda, something happened. Oh boy. Whoa. So, Jorg Dittmann, German ass man. Me and my girlfriend saw you from across the bar and really dig your vibe. Want to come home with us and have the most disappointing threesome of your life? Do you like to party? How how dare a German man in Germany have a German name? Yeah. Yeah. Show deference. Show deference. Liam never really got over not being appointed to the Allied Control Commission in 1946 <laughs> and has been nursing that grudge all his life. Show deference or were, what was the, the city we bombed that we shouldn't have? Oh, uh, well, Dresden, Dresden. probably. Show deference, or we're bombing Dresden again. <laughs> no more cathedral. No more cathedral. Well, like Dresden's actually just... a good example of my why are they voting for the AFD joke? Because the federal government is like, yeah, we're going to subsidize the shit out of Dresden in order to rebuild the pretty kirche that everyone can go to for the tourism and so on and so forth. Uh, we're not going to do anything about any of these platen bows, though. <laughs> So, wait, why are you racist now? This makes me want to give you less money, not more money. And bomb the Nuremberg Ring. That's the other <laughs> thing. Did you just call the Nuremberg Ring the Nuremberg Ring? I guess he did. Whatever. I drive a German car. I'm, I'm basically a capo now, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jörg Dittmann was a passenger in the first car 
He's what sitting in his what unit of the SS was he in? I... <laughs> no, this was like 1998. It would have been his dad who was in the SS. Yes. <laughs> he was, he was a national hero. He was pumped as the good Weimar. <laughs> All right. Jörg Dittmann was sitting in the first car, not really doing anything, mm-hmm. when a large metal rod shot through his armrest. Whoa. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. And the coach started swaying from side to side. And Jörg said to himself, das ist nicht gut. <laughs> he, he does not say to himself that he, he pulls the das emergency cord lever. For Bremdunk's effect. This is the fun thing. There was an emergency lever in the com- uh, the compartment that he didn't know was there, right? Well, aren't those supposed to be uh, marked? Very visible. Yeah. Yeah. Yo- instead, Yorg found a conductor and told him what had happened. Oh, okay. And the conductor said, "I can't pull the emergency brake immediately. Company procedure demands that I investigate the problem before I stop the train." Do not do this. This is this is this is the um, looks at notes second most evil corporate policy Deutsche Bahn has ever implemented. <laughs> now I must follow the procedure. If we do not I follow was, the I procedure, was merely following orders. Oh, where have I heard that before? <laughs> so yes, Conductor be, Eichmann, it, you were saying. It's, it's going to be like this the whole time, <laughs> fellas. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got a lot of generational trauma to work out, baby. Not a lot of time. All right, so the train was traveling about 125, 125 miles an hour. It was about 10.58 in the morning. Jorg showed the conductor what had happened just as the train crossed a set of switches just south of a shader, right? And I'm, all, guessing, I'm guessing Jorg didn't make it. No, he made it. Huh, he was in the first that. car. You wanted to be in cars one and two. And the front half of three. We'll get to that. Um, oh boy. This is when all hell broke loose. All right. So the metal rod turned out was the steel tire. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have a tasteful podcast here. <laughs> the, the metal rod, it turned out, was the steel tire from one of the resilient wheels, right? Oh, aren't those supposed to be round rather than like an, a fucking spear? Ah, as a centrifugal uh, force will uh, do that to you. I do want to say, as a Jewish man, uh, whose ancestors were murdered about uh, murdered aboard cattle cars. Uh, it's nice to see how the Germans like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying. I don't, you know. <laughs> this the 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 tire shot up. Part of the tire was sticking through the coach. Other part of the tire was like down below the height of the rail. So this this tire caught the switch right sort of lifted the first coach up slightly, right? And oh, it changed the, air, yeah. Yeah, it caught a little bit of air. It changed the setting of the switch to the diverging path, right? Whoa. And starting from the rear bogey of the third car, the train took the diverging path. Um so it took the path less traveled. Yes. Oh that, that is what made all the difference. <laughs> um yes, ice train 844 was now multi-track drifting. Oh boy. Uh, so this is not a great situation to be in, right? Roz, but, you um, should conduct safety videos. Just just this voice. 
So this is not an ideal situation. This is not an ideal situation. It was probably recoverable, though, except, you know, the train could have just stopped at this point, except immediately after the switch was a bridge. Oh, boy. Yeah. With a concrete pillar in between the two tracks. Ah, ah, see, everybody's always bitching at British Railways. Why do you have so many at-grade crossings? Well, well. <laughs> what if you have not at-grade crossings, and they're always, like, in the worst possible place? Yes. Makes you think. So, train's going this way. Um, car number three is multi-track drifting. It smashes right into the concrete pillars underneath the bridge, right? Yeah. This destroyed the pier. Um, the car number three itself actually held up pretty good. Um, oh, and, good. Yeah, and the bridge started to fall down. Not good. Now, the velocity of the train was great enough that car four and half of car five made it out from under the bridge. And those derailed and slammed into an embankment right where two Deutsche Bahn workers were uh, doing some track work. Uh, it sucks to be those guys. I, know, right? I mean, I guess it sucks to be anyone involved yes. here, but like, sucks a lot to be minding your own business, doing some track work, yeah. worried that the worst thing that's going to happen to you is you get fucking sprayed with the toilet tube, and then you just get murdered instantly. Yes. Um. So who do you who whose foreman do you have to get on the line? To about that one. Yeah, oh, we, we needed what, what they needed was a person in charge of works and a, a lookout, but who had microsecond reflexes. Yes. So the front the front power car in cars one through three stayed on the track, except the rear bulky of car number three, which is sort of just fishtailing, right? And it stayed on the track and coasted to a stop about a kilometer down the line, right? Mm -hmm. The rest of the train did not fare so well. Oh boy. Yeah. So you can see here's here's car four up here, sort of rolled over. Here's car five. The half, rear half got smashed by the bridge. Um, car six was the restaurant car. The bridge fell right on top of it. It was crushed to a height of six inches. Oh, fuck. Oh, no, thank yeah, you. Not, not good. And then the remaining cars of the train just piled up and jackknifed into each other, right? How uh, many cars total? Um, you know, I'm not sure. I think it was about maybe 12, maybe 14. Mm. Yeah. So now there's, there's some failure modes you can't really design for, right? This is one of those. Yeah. Um, being crushed to a, a height of six inches. Yeah. I mean, you, you usually, if you, you expect in a derailment, you know, it might be pretty bad, but you don't expect a bridge to fall on the, you don't expect, you know, the train to run into a co concrete wall, essentially. Right. Um, so, you know, the, the train cars got ripped open, you know, they sort of spilled out their contents, so they got crushed by the bridge, everything got really fucked up, right? Um, witnesses and So the, the direction of travel here is, like, towards the top of the picture, right? Yes, the train was going this way. Mm-hmm. And there's, like... So, every, you have the car that's been crushed into a cube under the bridge, and then everything else is just flattened against the back of that. Piled up on top, yeah. Uh-huh. You went from 125 miles an hour to zero miles an hour pretty quickly. Only the ECA A84 reduces a German to a soup-like homogenous oh, in under 30 oh, seconds. <laughs> Good. The Germans are not going to like this one. <laughs> Fuck them. 
Just yeah, watching. I didn't like the Holocaust very much. <laughs> looking, for, looking, looking forward to the exit surveys, I'll tell you that much. Oh my god. I'm not going to read those. I'll read those. So, witnesses in the, in the town described hearing something that, quote, sounded like a plane crash, unquote. It looks like a plane crash. Like, very similar, like, just field of debris. Yes. Um, you know, and some folks came over to see what was the commotion and like, oh, there's been a massive train wreck. Um, that's not good. Because the local authorities declared a uh, state of emergency by 1102. This is just four minutes after the tire failed. And um, well, I mean, points for efficiency there. Yeah, I was about to say, well, if there's one thing the Germans usually are known for, it's efficiency. They're not always mm. actually efficient, but they are known for it. <laughs> <laughs> Very successful national branding exercise. Yeah. So, you know, and they, they wound up, they brought in a shitload of emergency services. Um, there's actually a group of emergency physicians were attending a conference in Hanover, and they managed to get basically all of them to come in and, you know, do, do like... Um, Imagine the guy Rescue who doesn't. Stuff. Imagine being Can like, no, I, I like being in the hotel yeah. with my little with my little coffee sachets. Thanks. <laughs> Had a couple. Am too I going to do work on my vacation? Had a couple too many breakfast beers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Doctor Anderson. Maybe maybe, hey. maybe it's a little hey. little better if you stay home from that one. Yeah, <laughs> not, not oh, I'd be a fine death inspector. I would be. I would not taunt the families of the dead and say, "Ah, see how you like it." <laughs> <laughs> now, my question is, right? This this massive emergency mobilization did that help, like at all, or is it more? Because, like, I feel like once being the damage in the is done, sort of deal. Yeah, I feel like being in the back of one of those like later cars to come in is kind of like being like, does it make a difference which end of a banana you put into a blender first kind of vibe? Yeah, I mean, that was the thing. The rear half of this train was not very good for survivability, right? There mm. were 287 passengers on the train, uh, 99 were killed, 88 more were Shit. severely injured. Jesus um, Christ. You know, and in addition to the two track workers who got, you know, just just had a minced, a, yeah, minced, minced yeah. by a, a, a 125 mile an hour flying railroad car smashing into them, uh, 101 people were dead at the end of this. Um, and but it could have been worse. The train going the opposite direction had only gone under the bridge two minutes earlier. Well, small mercies, yeah. I guess. I mean. You know, that's this, that's always imagine, the story with these. Yeah. Imagine imagine being imagine the last thing that you see or like process is uh a high speed train carriage coming towards you sideways at 125 miles an hour. Like I guess you don't have time to process that, or at least I hope you don't. But if you do, hard not to interpret hard not to take that personally, yeah, I feel I was about to say. <laughs> You get up to the pearly gates or whatever, and you're just like, "Yo, what the? So what the fuck? Fuck, fuck Deutsche Bahn. First of all, <laughs> yeah. First of all, fuck Deutsche Bahn. Second, what the fuck did I do? Ah, <laughs> oh, well, you see, okay. <laughs> we can't. We can list some some of Deutsche Bahn's extensive crimes. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> so um. All right. It, it, one of the problems was rescue efforts were kind of hampered by the fact that while the train car is obviously uh, not strong enough to withstand being 
mulched by a bridge. Turned into spaghetti squash, yes. They are a little bit too strong for the rescuers to use the jaws of life on them. They had a hard time getting in the cars to rescue people, and the windows weren't breakaway. So they, they couldn't really get in through the windows either. I mean, they eventually Fork figured lift. it out. But you, you You've could got a see, team of forklifts. That's what if, I would if you, do. If you look at the one that's on its side right here, you can see the windows that are like intact, which is yeah. insane. That's uh, German engineering right there. Yeah. Why don't they make the whole train out of the windows? <laughs> Why don't they make the passengers out of the windows? They, I mean, they did. And yeah. it still wasn't enough. So, you know, what uh, sort of, you gotta, you gotta sort of like, what happened here? What was the, how, how did this accident occur? And at first, the media speculated the train had hit a car, right? Um, which was clearly, there's a car found in the wreckage, which apparently it was, it was a VW Golf owned by the track workers. GCI or, track or work, regular? I think it was a regular one. Yeah. Um, you know, the front of the train was undamaged, right? So, you know, it, it probably did not hit a car. Um, eventually, they found out that the resilient wheels that were fitted to the ICE trains were defective, and Deutsche Bahn had known about it. Oh, that's terrific. Yeah. They were alerted to the problems of the, uh, the wheels after the tram operator in Hanover found some problems with them about a year earlier. So, so you're saying you're, Deutsche Bahn covered something up? Yeah, you're telling me that, <laughs> Do that Deutsche Bahn, if you Deutsche can't Bahn, trust the Deutsche Bahn, who can you trust companies <laughs> would be would turn a blind eye to people losing their lives? I don't know if I believe that. I've always known Deutsche Bahn to be on the up and up, very morally competent and good company. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, you, 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 I, you would figure they would at least try and avoid losing a whole train of rolling stock, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that the most expensive. German sense I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Deutsche Bahn had been doing inadequate inspections on these resilient wheels, right? They just sort of had the crew go over the wheels with a flashlight, right? They had some more sophisticated inspection machinery that they could use on it, but it kept giving false positives for cracks. So. Now, see, this is the thing that doesn't, like, this is how successful the branding has been, that I can't in my head picture lackadaisical Germans just being like, yeah, shine a flashlight on it, mate, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> like, in my head, when I try to think of that, that guy has a British accent. I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, 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 um, Br British Hans. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't like it. There's the uh, for predetermined window breaking point. Yeah, he's he's actually named Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the wheel in question that failed had been flagged as defective by automated checks the week prior, and Deutsche Bahn ignored these checks. Um, some of the staff and the passengers had complained that the car was vibrating unnaturally in the months before the crash. These complaints were also ignored. Every, well, because they're like, well, we fixed the vibration. What are you complaining about? Exactly, right? Everything is fine. Nothing to see here. <laughs> <laughs> this exhibit is closed. <laughs> and um, yeah, Deutsche Bahn ended up paying uh, about 30,000 marks to each of the families of those who were killed. That's about $19,000. 
and settled separately with the injured. There's something like $30 million. Cost of Xbox. Uh, $499. uh, So how much per person? $19,000. $19,000 divided by $499. Divided by $499. You get 38 Xboxing. Xboxing. That's a lot of Xboxing. (laughs) <laughs> um, it's sort of like uh, something like uh, thirty million dollars total was given to the, the the victims, including the injured. Two Deutsche Bahn officials and one engineer were charged with manslaughter in two thousand two, and that ended up in a plea bargain, and they were each fined ten thousand euros. Cool. Yeah. Um, and what they wound up doing is they replaced the uh, wheels with old-fashioned cast steel wheels. And they continue to provide service to this day. So what you're telling me is that... Lesson um, learned. Lesson learned, but also my cutlery will fall off and my toast Hawaii will fall off. And you'll be very happy about it. I think that's a better better situation than whacking into a bridge, yeah. (laughs) At 125 (laughs) miles an hour, yeah. Simply never have any crossings at grade or otherwise correct the railway is sacrosanct yes have nothing cross it go around the right railway. of way only way think, that's right i think there was an issue recently where uh, an ice train smashed into like a flock of sheep and folder yeah. imagine imagine your beautiful white isaa arrives in Basilhaupt Bahnhof looking like an italian frecciarossa <laughs> I've seen pictures of some uh, American trains after they smashed into a deer or like a, a cow or something. And it's like, yeah, this is uh, just just a sort of pink mist on the front of the it'll, locomotive. It'll buff out. I've, it'll buff I've, out. I, I, yeah. I've posted about this before, and it's a much more harmless take. But like, one of the things I genuinely enjoy is seeing a, f- a like a jacked up, like a dirty ECA, because there's something, there's some aura of smugness that attaches to having a white high-speed train that is like, oh, I feel so, so fucking sauber, and it's, it's so kunft, and then you like look at these pictures of them and someone has written, like, clean me in German with their <laughs> finger on the side of it, because it's covered in grime and coal dust and shit, and you're just like, yeah, no, fuck you, you deserve that. Drive it too close to Poland where they burn all their shitty coal, so they can <laughs> say right. they're green, yeah. <laughs> well... Anyway, that is the story. Um, I guess the moral is uh, do, do, do fucking inspections on the wheels. Metal fatigue is very complicated. <laughs> yes. And you can't fuck around with it, especially in uh, like critical applications. Holy emergency also, break early and often. Yeah. As, as, <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Ignore all posted <laughs> fines. Pull it constantly. Yes. Anytime you get the chance. And, um,. As much as we say that train good and high speed train good, you have to like maintain the high speed train. Yes, and I which requires to, constant investment. I used to row out of a place called Thompson's Boathouse in in in. Uh, it's just near Georgetown in Washington D.C. That was the summer boathouse, and um, there was an emergency exit from the metro tunnel that ran under the Potomac in the back. And you know, every time I was taking the metro up there, I was like. 
you know, I could save a five minute walk if I just pull the emergency brake right now. <laughs> <laughs> this I read I read an obituary. I don't remember of who, but it was one of those like truly authentic British weirdos who like had done some intelligent stuff during the war. But like he moved to suburbia, and one of the things that he was noted for in later life was that when the train went past his house, he would open the window and throw his briefcase into his own back garden so he didn't have to carry it out of the station. I like that. And that's that's the kind of efficiency I like that. that I aspire that's what won you the war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, will, that willingness to improvise and also like fucking like lean out of the window of a speeding train with your briefcase in hand trying to be like okay okay and like compensate for the wind and stuff what happens if he misses it goes to the neighbor's out, back he, garden what he, he's, he's out of briefcase has to talk know. to his neighbors hey i threw my briefcase in my backyard don't ask questions don't backyard. ask questions that'll get you killed yes <laughs> All right, so we have a we have a section on this podcast called Safety Third. Shake hands with danger. Okay, this isn't the most dramatic Safety Third submission ever, but That's it fine. is directly related to your episode about the station nightclub fire. So uh, I figured, we love thematic consistency. Yes, I figure you might find it interesting. For many years, I worked in the nightclub slash live events venue industry, and the safety culture is absolutely appalling. The reasons for this are twofold, I think. First, OSHA has absolutely no interest in regulating the industry, and second, the people often responsible for creating and enforcing workplace safety are the same sort of idiot 26-year-old stagehands that set off the indoor pyrotechnics that started the station fire. I was one such idiot 26-year-old, and this is my story. <laughs> At the time, I was head of the lighting department of a large theater and concert venue. Prior to the station fire, the venue had handled all pyrotechnics in-house, and for some reason, my department was in charge of all things explosive in those days. That's lighting, isn't it, technically? I was hired. Produces light. It does produce light. This is true. Unless it's one of those things that only produces smoke, in which case it produces dark. <laughs> I was hired over ten years after the fire, when such things were now no longer legal. We were still allowed to do pyro in the venue, but no one working for the company could possess the necessary licensure required to buy, uh, per to, to purchase, store, or set off explosives. Now, in the back of my shop was a very scary-looking red lockbox, clearly labeled Explosives, in block capitals. Oh, dear. But I had confirmed long ago that it was empty, and I assumed that- I know how it's marked. <laughs> it's fucking stenciled on there in white paint, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> and I assumed long ago all the pyrotechnics had been disposed of. But it turns out I assumed wrong. On a slow day in between performances, I was doing an inventory of an entirely different cabinet in my shop, intended for the storage of flammable liquids. To my horror, found that someone had stashed multiple ice cube tray-like packages of small pyrotechnic cubes intended to produce 16-inch flames in the back of this cabinet and forgotten about them. Needless to say, the expiration date on all these packages had long ago passed, and it was entirely likely that they'd been improperly stored in the back of the wrong cabinet ever since the station fire. Again, oh, I the forbidden ice cubes. <laughs> yeah. 
Again, I stress this was nearly 10 years after the original incident, and somehow this stuff was still there, just waiting to unexpectedly go off, as expired pyro tends to do. <laughs> I asked my boss, the venue's production manager, what I should do, and he didn't seem to understand the severity of the situation. Oh, he was British. Yeah. <laughs> He shrugged and vaguely suggested I should look at the MSDS for disposal information. Fortunately, I still had that's the material safety data sheet, by the way. Uh, you're supposed to have it for everything everywhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> Every if you use chemicals, you better fucking have an MSDS. You, have an MSD. you should have an MSDS for the MSDS folder. <laughs> Fortunately, I found I still have this particular sheet on fire on file, but its only instruction on disposal was dispose by burning. Uh, cool. Yeah, it was always fun. Like old American flags. Yeah. Now this is where being an idiot 26-year-old suddenly in charge of safety comes in. I do not remember if I came up with this idea or not, but at some point a plan was hatched to take a spare 55-gallon steel drum out to the dirt lot we use for overflow parking, dump all the pyrotechnics in it, and light the whole thing on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> Welcome to Jackass. Yes. My co-host, Mohammed bin Salman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just know, Mohammed bin Salman hasn't really blown a lot of stuff up. It's really more of a, like, I go for a Mohammed Atta joke there, yeah, I think. I guess that also works, yeah. Um... Regard Is Liam asleep? Good. No, I'm just listening. Uh, I'm sorry, you were breathing like you were asleep. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, no, I was just listening. I'm, I'm sorry. No. Yeah, I, I didn't think I was that boring. You're not- God damn it, Roz. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I was worried because you hadn't said anything offensive about Germans in the last five I'm, minutes. Yeah, I'm always cooking one up, but uh, no, I just- <laughs> we're not, we're not I think I, I, think I probably anymore. peaked when I said see how they like it. <laughs> I do, as, as someone known to improperly store his own exploit. No, never mind. Moving on. Oh, God. <laughs> Regardless of whether this was my idea or not, I signed off on this plan. And it's exactly what myself and several of the other people I was in charge of ended up doing. I no longer remember how many individual cubes we loaded into this drum, but I absolutely remember someone tossing a lit match in there and watching a far bigger flame than we anticipated shoot out the trap of the drum accompanied by a thick black cloud of I kind of want to know what, what, yeah, what the hell are these cubes? What, what were they also, what were they anticipating? They, <laughs> like, they were, they I were, would they, anticipate a pretty big fire, right? Because there's several ice cube trays worth of explosives. They were like, and what the hell are these cubes? Well, it's, you have to like circle around them seven times. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> It's just, just, just tiny miniature cabas, just walking around. You know, I, I imagine the Hajj would be a lot more exciting if it, every so often the Hajj just started shooting off fireworks, erupting like gouts <laughs> yeah. of flame. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like Vesuvius. And every so often, a pilgrim just gets dinged in the eye right. <laughs> with a spark. If the current trends are anything to go on, they will. Well, they will be doing a laser light will, show by the end of twenty twenty four. Yeah, 100%. yeah, to to the. Uh, to, to the great mosque, yeah. <laughs> so, as we watched it burn, we realized that no one had brought a fire extinguisher with us, so someone went back inside to fetch one, while the rest of us stood around a fire cracking jokes about dying from smoke inhalation. 
After, Classic. after what seemed like an eternity, long after whatever the manufacturer's specifications were for how long the stuff was supposed to burn, the fire burned itself out, and we went back inside, having learned nothing from this experience. Somehow we managed to not start a wildfire, injure anyone, or get in any sort of trouble for this stunt. Hell yeah. Congratulations. Right. Yes, I was about to what say. What the hell are those cubes? I want to know what If you know what the are. hell the cubes are, please send us a DM. I gotta know anything about cubes. What is a fire emitting cube? Just told I, you it was the Kaaba. Oh, yeah. No, that's made of stone. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think the Kaaba can catch fire. The tapestry Inshallah. covering it could catch fire, but I don't oh, yeah. think the Kaaba itself could catch fire. Y- you know my favorite fact about that covering? Is that like, aside from the fact that it never used to just be black, it used to be like red and green and white and whatever they felt like. They also, when they replaced it, they never used to take the old one off. So there was a period where, like, under the Ottomans, where it was in genuine danger of collapse because it looked like an overstuffed marshmallow. Because every time they would just throw a new one over it and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, it's just like, uh, you know, you got a real landlord special there with the 17 coats of paint, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, may- maybe the Ottoman shouldn't have uh, stewardship of the, uh, yeah, the, the, the great mosque. I don't know. I mean, I don't know the Saudis have done any better. I mean, what, what, yeah. what you all got to figure out, put the Christians in charge of that thing so no one, <laughs> no one can complain about it specifically. Right. Put the like <laughs> UN in charge of it. Have some Swiss guys do it. Yeah, this, yeah. this is like this. It's like a reverse of the uh, Church of the Holy Sepulchre, right? Mm. You know that 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 seems to be the only way you could do this properly. <laughs> yeah, but then you just end up with like different families of Christians arguing about like an individual ladder or something. Put the Pope in charge. Oh, it's oh, it's never gone badly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I see your plan here, Justin. <laughs> Papist. <laughs> Crusade by stealth. Yeah. Pope, Pope Wallet Inspector the first yeah. finally manages to fucking conquer Mecca <laughs> with this one weird trick. One weird trick. trick. Listen, I, listen, listen. Muhammad, buddy, I, <laughs> I, I know how to fix this problem. You just have to put me, make me the steward of the mosque. <laughs> Right, all your problems. Yeah, we'll are do go some away. sort of reverse leasing deal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can consolidate your payments into one easy payment. Yeah, Saudi Arabia puts a reverse mortgage on the Kaaba. No oh boy, oh, don't God. give them ideas. That's not a good idea. Yeah. Well, then I'm sure the Saudis have already thought of it. Oh yeah. Yeah, it winds up uh, winds up in the hands of like Wall Street. You know, they put like a billboard on it. Ah, uh, yes, that's my people. Yeah. Coming in for interfaith dialogue. <laughs> Good God. All right. What's the next episode going to be? Well, I'm glad you asked, Alice. The next episode will be on the Tacoma Narrows Bridge disaster. Oh, fantastic. Yes. Oh, good. Um, if you want a Pennsylvania Secret Service card, I have been fucked in the brain pan due to, like, problems. That sounds erotic. Uh, Yeah, continue to hassle me in the DMs until I get back to you. I will still do it. This has been my only announcement. Oh, and also listen to Kill James Bond. Yes, listen to Kill James Bond. Um, Listen to Trash Future. Um, Yeah. 
listen to Liam's podcast. Thank you. Yes. Subscribe to subscribe to Justin's YouTube channel. Yes. Subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash WTYP pod. Yeah. So this episode is gonna be with a hell of a way to die yes. about the M2 Bradley armored fighting vehicle. That should drop on Monday. Um we will, you know, that sorry that one's late. Um we also have a, a PO box you can send us stuff with. Don't send us anthrax. I don't remember what it is offhand. So that four zero one seven eight Philadelphia, Pennsylvania one nine one zero six. Yes. Good lord! Just off the dome with that. Incredible, that's me, baby. Huh? All right, that's also in the. I don't know. I don't ever remember which direction I got to turn my keys to unlock my door. But our PO box address, no fucking problem. <laughs> All right. And you were like a marine for a second there. Goddamn. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. My ass rides in Navy equipment. It is three o'clock in the morning. Men, you are going to ship packages to WTYP pod. <laughs> go, 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 go. Like you gotta run through the gas chamber training. <laughs> Trying to write 40178 with only one eye working. <laughs> um and I think anything else? That's it. Mm, don't think so. That's, that's, a, that's a podcast. I'm All excited right, podcast. to see what I have to go through and cut out from the from the goddamn news. Uh, <laughs> bye everybody. Every, everything. Yeah, bye. just everything. Yeah. All right. Bye everyone. <laughs>